This is the Thin Space Podcast. And today we have two special guests with us, Boyd and Rita Bailey. Boyd Bailey is the president of the Georgia chapter of the National Christian Foundation and the founder of Wisdom Hunters, a ministry whose daily devotional emails help more than 100,000 readers connect with Christ. He is also the co-founder of Ministry Ventures, which has coached more than 1,000 faith-based nonprofits in board development, administration, fundraising, and more. Rita is the first follower of Wisdom Hunters and wife to Boyd. She has served as administrator, book mailer, donor appreciator, and encourager. She enjoys traveling and serving with Boyd and the time spent with their four adult daughters and families, including 11 precious grandchildren. Boyd and Rita, welcome to the Thin Space Podcast. Thank you, Evan. Could you guys start and just share a little bit about yourselves outside of the wonderful bio that I just read? Tell us about who you are and, and, and what you're doing and kind of how we got to be speaking together today on the Thin Space Podcast. Well, we're high school sweethearts and Rita's mom was a great cook and they had a ping pong table and they, they loved each other well and they loved me. And that's actually how I was introduced to learning about Jesus was seeing their love in their family over in a small town over in Alabama. But we've been in Atlanta, what, 30, about 32 years now. This is our home, the home for our girls. And we just love it here. We're, we just feel like uh, with the community that God's blessed us with, we've been in the same community group with four of the couples for 12 years now. And, you know, doing life together keeps us honest. And so we love you guys, love Cloudwalk and Larry and Jody. And it's just an honor to be with you guys today. This is really meaningful because Boyd and Rita have been friends of ours for, gosh, oh my gosh, Boyd. I think we met almost 20 years ago, maybe not quite, but it's been a long time. And Boyd has, and, and Rita, have, they've had a, a, a really significant uh, impact on the Cloudwalk ministry and uh, helped us really put the foundation of the ministry in place Boyd, all those years ago when when we went through the Ministry Venture Program, and we love these two. <laughs> they're now, mind you, they're very easy to love. <laughs> they're very easy to love, but they've been good friends for a long time. And you know, Evan, when we were when we were doing our episodes with Carolyn Aaron's, and she was talking about the various streams, and she was talking about the evangelical stream, and then the you know followed by the other streams. And she talked about, you know, what can happen when, when we walk in the multiple streams and how really the fullness and the richness of God can be lived in and through us when that happens. And when she, when she was talking about the contemplative stream and the foundation of that, and that as we, as we enter into that and we really begin to come to know the love of God from him personally, and uh, in the practices of silence and solitude. And when that stream uh, is um, merged or a part of the evangelical stream, it's just so powerful to witness that. And as she was talking about all of that, I immediately thought of of you, Boyd, and you, Rita, as uh, living examples of um, people who are falling in love with God, who have a heart for the lost, and so uh, there's so much more to these two, but there's, there is certainly that. And we just thought it would be a, a real gift to everyone listening to hear, hear from people that are living this, not, not necessarily just that understand the theology of it, or, or, you know, the, but that are, that are living it out and, and the inspiration that that can be for those of us that are on that same journey. So, so that, that's really my heart in uh, our, our conversation today and um, but you all may take it in a different direction and that's totally okay <laughs> we'll see what happens so but welcome both of you we we this is a real privilege to have you with us Thank yes you. and and as i look the listeners aren't able to see you both right now but the smiles you have on your faces are just contagious i found myself just <laughs> sitting here smiling looking back at you so there's a there's a, obviously a joy exuding from your being that is uh, just wonderful to be in your presence on zoom this morning boyd before we got started you mentioned that 
you went on a walk this morning, you and Rita went on a walk this morning and you, you had a, a God encounter, I think were the words that you used. Would you mind just kind of starting us off there and, and sharing that with us? Yeah. Thanks, Evan. We just love God's creation. And there's literally across the street from our house here in Roswell off in mountain park road, 107 acres of, of park kind of uh, almost like a land preserve, nature preserve that has been in a trust for over, I don't know, 30, 40 years. So there's only trails on the, these rolling hills. And Reed and I have some of the best conversations with each other and with the Lord, just being out in his creation. Uh, just something about God speaks through his creation, whether it's the creation of nature or human beings or God's word or you know, whatever he creates, it seems like he speaks. And I was, um, I was walking this morning and I was told Rita, I, I wrote out the first three verses of Psalms and I just wanted to um, really memorize and meditate, you know, on those thoughts as I was walking. And it really struck me, the, 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 you know, to me, the Bible is the love letter from our creator, but the Psalms are like the introduction to the love letter. And so to, to me, the Psalms are, are, we get to peek over the shoulder of the writer of the Psalms quiet time, you know, and, and kind of see, see that love relationship unfolding. And there's a very helpful book you may have heard of by Watchman Nee called Sit, Walk, Stand. It's, it's on the book of Ephesians. And the essence of the book is to, that, that God's teaching us to sit and walk and stand with Christ his son. We need to sit with him in contemplation, stand with him, you know, against unwise decisions or, or, or sin, and then to, to walk with him. And um, so I was, I was reflecting on this love letter, this preamble to the love letter um, in Psalms, the very first chapter. And that's exactly what the psalmist says. It's, like, it's almost like it's complimentary to the sit, walk, stand in Ephesians, where he says, blessed is the man who walks, not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seed of the troublesome. And I thought, wow, sit, walk, stand with Jesus, but then avoid, it's like a warning, avoid sitting, walking, and standing with unwise, unhealthy relationships. And, and, and embrace a love relationship with the one who created us. And so as I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking through and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, it seems like that your love for me is what will give me the truth to follow you and to avoid unwise company and unwise decisions. Um, help, help me to embrace more that love relationship. So it's just like my relationship with Rita, you know, the deeper we fall in love, it seems like the temptations to follow other affections seem to fade. And as I was walking this morning, I thought, wow, Lord, the more the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that I can embrace and receive that love, the less the affections of the, of the world seem attractive. And it was just a beautiful hour and a half of sweating and, 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 and experiencing that, that love. So yes, Evan, that was kind of, kind of the top of mind um, this morning. You know, to me, it's just that blocking and tackling in, in our spiritual life of, of being with the one who loves us the most and just, just never getting over that, uh, that relationship. Thank you for sharing that with us, Boyd. That I think that's a beautiful way to to view that in the sit walk stand. I'm gonna look that up. Uh, it's very catchy. It's easy to remember, and and so it's a nice way to think of uh, being. And and it also seems like we're always doing one of those things. So if we're always doing one of those things, uh, we can always be with uh, with God. Uh, so as a part of that, you mentioned this word several times, and and I even read this word in your bio, this, this word was wisdom. And, and I was thinking about this word wisdom with kind of Larry's introduction and what made him think of you two for this podcast today, which is seeing the good and in, in the streams. And so I'm wondering if this definition of wisdom we could use today could be 
seeing the the good in all of the streams and the distortions in all of the streams and particularly the evangelical stream and the contemplative stream would would that be an accurate way to describe wisdom in this context you know evan you are wise beyond your years i'm watching i'm watching you here on zoom and I'm, I'm i'm very grateful for god's work in your heart i can tell though i've just known you a brief time i think wisdom is broad enough to include what you just said um you know the cool thing in fact i would encourage the listeners to go back to these two podcasts that refer to the streams because carolyn aaron's just was fabulous and uh so articulate, I was almost jealous of her linguistic skills and the, her dictation. And I'm like, I want to go to her school of speaking. You know, it was just beautiful, just a beautiful, because it flowed out of a, a love relationship out of her own heart. It was what made the words so compelling. So I would encourage our listeners to go back, but it put into words for me what I had felt for a lot of years that, you know, the Lord is so wise. He, he's not going to give all 100% truth to one group, though I think some groups think they have 100% of the truth. He knows we can't handle that, you know, and that we need, we need to be able to uh, appreciate other traditions that are, that are different. It's, it's like in relationships, right? I, I'm a much better person when I learn how to love and accept those different than me, just relationally. And I think religiously or spiritually, it's a similar kind of application that the, the more humility and the more teachability allows wisdom to grow in, in my heart and mind, in, in our hearts and minds, uh, realizing that God is so creative with his truth. And so the stream, the stream analogy, it's like, and she said a couple of times, you know, we need to splash in each other's streams and course i'm telling reed i need to be careful I'll, I'll get too excited and i don't want to drown you know i want to get i want to i want to enjoy all this <laughs> but, um, but but it's almost like each stream gives a a different facet of faith that brings the humility and an appreciation to the beauty of god's love <laughs> and you know his his wisdom and and, and just one last thought i you know, you never can go wrong with Jesus, right? I mean, he's, he, the streams of living water, all six of them are just flowing out of Jesus. And so I was reflecting the other day about how pure our Lord was in his relationships. And when he fed the 5,000, you know, if it, it, if it would have been me, maybe in my younger days, I would have wanted to call a press conference and you know, talk about, here's what, look what God did. We were able to feed 5,000 people and, you know, da, 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 da. And, and, but what did Jesus do? He, he didn't call a press conference. He dispersed the crowds. He sent the disciples on another faith journey to cross the lake. And he went to the mountains to pray. And I'm, I'm thinking there he was doing justice, right? One of the streams feeding the, the poor and loving for the, uh, the felt needs of the people. But then he, he went right to the contemplative because he knew he couldn't handle, uh, he, he knew that the attention did not need to be on uh, just the works that had taken place. He knew that he had to go to be with his father in contemplation to give glory where the glory resided. But, but the beauty of what he did too when he went to the mountain not only to probably rest, right? That that's part of my weakness is I get too exhausted in doing and I forget to go rest and 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 not just rest, celebrate what what God's doing. Feeding 5,000, my guess is I wasn't in the prayer time with Jesus, but he he probably gave all praise and glory to God and thanked him for and celebrated, but then he prayed for those he just sent on that next assignment to go across the lake because he knew they would be in a storm and they were going to be fearful. So he, he, he celebrated for a moment, but he didn't dwell on that. He was ready for God's next assignment. And he knew that next assignment had to happen out of a love relationship and contemplation and prayer. It couldn't, it couldn't happen rushing from one task to the next. And that's, 
that, that's where I've run into trouble over the years is not taking the time to pause after a profound work of God, celebrate it, give him glory, but then pause and make sure that I'm moving in the spirit to the next assignment that he has and really praying for those in my community that fear and doubt is not overwhelming them and how can I support and love them and not run ahead of my family or run ahead of those that I serve. So anyway, those were some of the thoughts as, as I was listening to those podcasts around, this is a beautiful tapestry of God's love. When I embrace these six traditions, these six streams, and, and really integrate it into whatever season of life I'm in. Because that's the other thing I was thinking is whatever season of life I'm in, I may need this more of an expression of one of those streams versus a younger season or an older season. And there's wisdom, Evan, I think, in discerning, Lord, which stream do I need to swim in in this season so I can, so I can grow the most in my love relationship with you and with others? Wow, well, that... <clears throat> that is so good. That that uh, that's wisdom right there, isn't it, Evan? Uh, that's that's uh, that is so good. Um, I wonder if if uh, if you Boyd and Rita, if you just kind of thought about winding the clock back a few years, and and uh, maybe you could just share a little bit about you know how how God, how how Jesus, how the Holy Spirit really began to invite you into uh, the contemplative stream, like in, into the living and loving um, relationship with him. And maybe just, maybe just share a little bit about how that happened in your lives and in your stories. Cause I know you both have pretty, pretty remarkable stories in terms of how God, how God did that in your lives. So. I'll go first. So years ago, Boyd, um, decided to take a sabbatical and he went uh, for five days for a time of silence. And then when he came back, he just kept talking about God's love all the time. And I'm like, okay, that's good. I mean, I don't, yay for you. I mean, I feel God's love. He loves me uh, when I keep all these rules and when I have my quiet time and I check that off my list and, and, um, I'm not mean to people. And I, you know, I, I have all these rules. And so therefore God loves me and we're all good. And um, so that was my focus, just being good and not messing up and being nice to people and having my quiet time and doing all the, you know, the, the, you know, the studies and I would do the next one and the next one, it was, they were good. And I learned so much and, and I was um, checking all the boxes. That was really good. And then I got invited to um, a silent, a day of silence myself. And so I went having no idea what it meant and being terrified of being quiet. And even maybe some people who know me said that wouldn't really be possible, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I embraced it and I loved, I loved the silence. I, I loved it all. And um, I had an experience that day that changed everything, everything. Um, and I, I had this experience where I had um, um, just an encounter with Jesus where, I don't know how to say this where it doesn't sound weird, but um, where I really felt like he just, told me he loved me and I, I um, but it was in a way that it was it's in my imagination. It was on a Creek bank. So I call it my Creek bank Jesus moment. I, I, um, I say, well, my, anyway, so all the days after that, I'm like, could that be real? Like, does that line up with scripture? This, this is, what was that? What? I, I want the more of Jesus, whatever that was. I want more of that. I want, and um, uh, as I began to think about that more and find people who had the same experience or mindset or read different books about spiritual practices and start to be quiet every day instead of working through a workbook and just meditate on scripture and find myself in scripture. And what would he say to me personally? I have just blown away. And that Jesus could love me already all that is possible. 
And I, I, nobody's ever told me that before. I didn't know that somehow I missed that. And um, I can't do anything more for his love. So the more of that has been amazing. And even um, when I'd been convicted of sin or some was so gentle, I'm like, that's, that's the real, that's Jesus, the gentle lover of my soul. And that's what I'm running hard after. And in watching, in watching Rita, I can tell you, it's, it's just been a beautiful, authentic, you know, love relationship with her heavenly father and doing deep, you know, uh, heart work in a way that, um, I mean, I, you know, I've always loved and admired her. And I think the joy of the Lord is her strength, but just, it's just been another level of, of loving. And, and um, I feel like it's drawn us closer together as we've tried to grow closer in that love relationship with our father. I think it's given us more intimacy and I, I feel like I understand her better and, and, and love her more. And, and I think vice versa too. It's just been, been beautiful to watch the work of grace through Rita's heart and her relationships and it's just uh, to watch her swim in the stream and uh, let let go of the floaties and and uh, tr trust the 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 ultimate lifeguard right uh, our Lord so yes just I'll just affirm everything she just said it's just been beautiful to beautiful to watch my wife Rita, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, it's beautiful. And and you mentioned there at the beginning, Boyd's time uh, in silence for five days. And I want to come back to that here in a minute. But first, the, you, the way that you described all of that, it just made my heart beat faster because it, 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 it aligns with my experience of Jesus as well. And I've told Larry, it's funny that we have a, a podcast where we talk about things that are wordless there you get to the point in in telling the story where there's no more words that and and I experienced you saying this there's no way that I can explain to you this experience of of the divine this experience of Jesus and in his love for me and that's our invitation so everything we do on the podcast is attempting to use words to invite you into the wordlessness of that love uh, that you so beautifully described and shared with us. Uh, so, so thank you. And then I do want to, I want to jump back Boyd and hear about your time. So what was it like on the five days? What kind of prompted this? What was your story experience? Uh, did you experience the same kind of wordless love that, that Rita described uh, in your time away? Yes. Um, so I was exhausted, uh, spiritually, emotionally. And one of our team members, Beth Bennett, she, she, she lovingly called me out. We were on a, a planning retreat and she said, Boyd, I, I think you need a sabbatical. You are, you are emotionally frazzled. And don't you love friends who will speak the truth in love and, and, um, I reflected on it. I went to our board and, you know, I'm a three on the Enneagram. I'm a hard driver. I like to see goals met. I like to accomplish. And I went to the board and I said, um, I want to take three months and I want to restore my soul. And uh, <clears throat> I've been on a silent retreat before with one of my mentors, Howard Dayton, and it it had been really helpful. And so I read where Henry Nowen um, went to this monastery in outside of Rochester, New York. Uh, you know, monasteries have brands. The Trappist brand is silence. And, and um, I told Rita, well, if it was good enough for Henry, it's good enough for me. And um, in fact, he had written a book called the diaries of Guinness, the Abbey. And, and I, it literally was his daily experience of encountering God's love. And I'd read that book and it had really rocked my world. And 
so so this southern boy goes up to the north to restore his soul and and it was in the heat of summer they just installed air conditioning so that was beautiful and this sweet lady kathy walked around barefooted this sweet kathy catholic lady kathy and she brought in all these um all this food from the the catholic ladies volunteering and and so i just had this fabulous time not saying a word for five days and i took mansions of the heart with me and um i i read that book really slow you know i think some of the listeners realize this is kind of a modern take on of uh, Teresa of Avalar's Castles of the Heart. And, and so God used that book in my prayer walks every day to, to, to shout, to shout to me to slow down that, that I was operating in my own strength and not in his strength. And that he wanted my love tank to be, he wanted me to be fueled by a, a vibrant, radiant, radical love relationship and not void just setting goals and trying to accomplish goals. So I met Jesus in a way that uh, was fresh and revealing. And I journaled like crazy. I, I wrote pages and pages wow. of, of what he was saying to my heart. And I felt like I was renewed and, rest- you know, like Psalms 23, I was, I was by the green pastures. Literally I was in a cornfield, <laughs> all these green pastures around me. And, and I met with, so I saw where I could sign up to meet with a monk. And, you know, p- p- part of me was like, well, maybe I can stump the monk. You know, that was, and I thought, Oh no, that's bad humor. That's not a good way to. So I met, I met with brother Marcellus and he's, he at the time was 83 and he looked me in the eyes and called my name about 12 times. I have one of those strange Southern names. And don't you love it when a person just looks at you and calls your name? I felt known by a man I'd never met. Not only did I felt known, I felt understood and loved. I felt like he loved me. He gave me the soft love seat. He's sitting over in the hard chair. And I, and I said, Brother Marcellus, I only really have one question. How can I grow in humility and love with Jesus Christ and with others? And he, he talked for about 20 minutes without answering that question uh, about beautiful things, about his own journey and his own challenges. And, and then he said, boy, do you know how you can grow in your humility and love? with your heavenly father and with others. And I'm leaning in and and he said, uh, anytime you're hurt and offended, the amount of time it takes you to thank God and forgive is an indicator of how close you are in your love relationship with Jesus. And he held up his two bony fingers. And he said, for some people, he was holding his fingers up about two feet apart. He said, for some people, it's a lifetime of bitterness and they die in bitterness. He said, but for other people, it takes years. For other people, it's months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, seconds. He said, those that are walking closest in love with Jesus, they thank him and they forgive simultaneous to the offense. And I just started weeping. I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, my heart needs to be pruned of not thanking him and forgiving in a, in a timely fashion. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful expression of love. And, and I said, uh, before we go, brother Marcellus, would you pray for me? <laughs> and he said, I'd be honored. So I knelt down in front of that hard chair. He put his hands on my head. I felt like the father on the prodigal's head, the, his hands, you know, that picture, the Rembrandt painting. And he said, Heavenly Father, I pray for my brother Boyd that you would glorify yourself through his life and that he would bear much fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. And I stood up and I didn't hug him too hard because he was somewhat frail. And I went in the restroom and for about 15 minutes, I just, just wept. I just felt, uh, I felt this wave like the oceans. You know how in the oceans when the surf's up, 
I felt wave after wave after wave of love that cleansed me and revived me. And it was almost like um, my soul had been restored and I had, I had reset back to the greatest, the greatest command where I had been driven by the great, the great commission with, I love the great commission and I want to embrace making disciples, but only under the motivation and the umbrella of the great command. And I had gotten those backwards. I had been so driven to make disciples without the fuel of love being my motivation and my, my method. And, and it's like God reset it back to know it's the great command that everything flows out of, including making disciples. And so ever since that encounter, uh, I've had to include this in my rhythm of life now uh, with these, with these multiple retreats and daily quiet time and, 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 and everyone, the theme's always been the same thing. And it's growing in my capacity to be loved by my creator and then growing in that capacity to love others. And as Jesus said in John 15, the beautiful abiding chapter, abide in my love, abide in me, abide in my joy and abide in my word. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. So yeah, thank you, Evan, for asking that. That was really a reset for me. Uh, silence is the language of God, and he wants, he wants us to become fluent in silence. And his love, his love shouts in silence. And, and, the, and what I'm learning is the best way to become fluent in anything is full immersion. And, and I need that full immersion of silence to, to, to grow in that language of love. Well, I just, the, the only word that's coming hearing both of those stories is, wow, um, how, how good is our God um, and just the way in which, um, you know, <clears throat> he met you both in those, in those special moments and um, would love to uh, do about five episodes on what's happened since then, because <laughs> Knowing both of you, a lot has happened since uh, since uh, since both of those times happened for you. Um, you know, one for those for those that are are listening, um, that you know they're 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 hearing your stories and 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 maybe can relate to um, where you were before um, Jesus met you, the Holy Spirit, our Father met you in these. Um, really beautiful and powerful ways of his love. Um, what, what would you, you know, what encouragement or, or possibly invitation would you have for those that are, you know, kind of listening to this and saying, boy, I, I want that, but I don't, you know, even Rita, when you said, I think you used the word terrified. Um, what would you say uh, to our brothers and sisters that are on the same journey that we're on? quiet <laughs> just um I, I think it's ruth haley barton who says if you want to see a wild and something like if you want to see a wild animal in the forest you don't go running through the forest looking for it you sit quietly at the base of a tree and wait for it to come out and i love that visual i i need that um just to sit quietly and um not do my list of checkoff things or even um, all my prayer requests um, or telling God everything I need him to do or, or whatever. Um, I think just being quiet and, and listening. And, and I, one thing that's wonder, that I really love is just sitting with a story or some scripture and just say, Lord, what do you, what do you want to say to me? in this and that's just profound it takes time i have time because of our stage of life or being empty nesters um but i i um yeah i love just sitting and listening and waiting for him to speak and 
one thing I'm so amazed at what he says to me are not things that I would say. And that's kind of my litmus test. Like I would never say that to me. I wouldn't say that to anybody. I wouldn't even, I never thought that in my life and his gentleness and the things he says. And I'm like, oh, I think that was God. Cause I don't know how it could be anything else. And um, so those kinds of things just are uh, just blow me away and make me want to fall on my knees and just listen and wait. And um, yeah. Wow. I think that's beautiful. And I, the way I would describe it is for me, it's a trust issue. Can I really trust the one who loves me the most and, and wants what's best for me? And so 15 months ago, we kind of prayed a prayer together. We want to think more, pray more, do less and accomplish more. So think more, pray more, do less and accomplish more. And I think that's God's economy. Um, if, if I'm willing to trust that his love will guide me to say no when I need to say no, to say yes when I need to say yes, and to be secure in that and not feel like I have to perform or accomplish or, you know, do things in my own strength, then it's, it's almost like... Um, Silence saves us time and, and saves us money and saves us relational angst because, because God, you know, God's economy is just so countercultural, you know. And let's face it, as, as Western Christians or Americans, we, we have more liberty and freedom than, than I think that, 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 that we could take advantage of in a, in a healthy way, you know, not for, not for my own devices or my own self-indulgent, but to serve others. And to, to me, that's the beautiful thing coming back to the streams. It's like we come out of the contemplation ready to go share the gospel with someone, but it's, but it's out of the power of love. And then all of a sudden love's irresistible. Uh, or we want to go build that orphanage because we know God's heart is for orphans and that's a social justice issue. And I mean, to me, that's the beauty of all these different streams. I do want to live a holy life in the power of the Holy spirit. So the attention is drawn to Jesus, not to, not to me. And you know, those types of things. And I don't know, it's like love is that the gasoline for our spiritual tank to be able to follow Jesus in a healthy, you know, just a healthy way. For me, it's trust as well. I have a high need for security. Maybe a lot of women do. Maybe lots of people do. But um, so I trust God that because I trust him, I get to go to heaven. But trusting him beyond that, I mean, that's a big trust. But just, I don't know, trusting him beyond that is a big deal for me. And to, um, to, know his love for me and then from and to receive that and that is the overflow that's what helps me love other people or even consider other people lovable um because uh I maybe can be very judgmental and thinking that um Anyway, that, 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 that is something in my heart that I had to work um, against. And just to know that if Jesus can love me from that overflow, but to truly believe that he loves me and truly believe that he loves me no matter what I do and that his love is not, has nothing to do with what I do or even what I think or even how much uh, I give or anything. He just loves me right now all Totally. And that is mind blowing for me. That is mind blowing. And I think it's, uh, yeah, that's just a good way to say it. God's love, Jesus' love is, is mind blowing. Boyd, you mentioned something earlier in the podcast about finding these streams in the life of Jesus. And you use the story of him feeding 5,000 and I hadn't pulled out the different streams from that story yet. So I just wanted to mention, but what a cool way to read through scripture. There, there are a lot of ways to 
engage with scripture, but just thinking through this, the social justice aspect of that story and the contemplative nature of, of Christ and that story and the evangelical nature, sending his disciples out, uh, just all these beautiful ways that we find these streams in the stories of Jesus. Uh, and and I, I think that's our invitation uh, always on the podcast is, is to, yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's look for Jesus's love in those stories or, or find Jesus's love or be found by Jesus's love. I don't know which one of those things it is, but there's just something beautiful and engaging with these stories in a way where we're open to hear from God. Yeah, Evan, that, that is so beautiful. And it's almost like, um, a filter on my heart when I'm reading the scripture. If, if my filter is love and not a filter of, I need more information so I can impress people with what I know about the Bible, you know, those are two different filters, but, but if my filter is love, Lord, show me right now how you love me through this scripture and how you want me to love others. It's I'm back to read is mind blowing. I mean, it is mind blowing and heart enlarging. And, and I love the stream analogy because Jesus is the living water, right? He is that living water and all those streams are flowing out of the heart of our Lord. And I don't think I'll read the scripture the same again, because of, because of that mindset and the heart, the heart filter of, of, of how he's doing that you know, and, and, and it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful, and the sacramental side of it, you know, here's my body, you know, do this in remembrance of me and my blood that I'm going to shed for you. And all of this is love, right? It's like, he's doing this out of the motivation of love. And then here he is in his final moments and he's washing feet and, and do unto others as I've done unto you. And oh my goodness. I mean, it's just everywhere you turn, there's Jesus. And with some people, they would say he's swimming upstream, right? Because he's got, he's got all these people wanting to put a political agenda on it. You talk about a dis distorted stream, right? Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. You know, I, let's just start a kingdom right now. It's got to be political. It's got to be political. And Jesus says, no, my kingdom is not of this world. That he, he resisted those distorted streams, which I think is beautiful. And we can, I can learn from that today. If I'm tempted to get sucked into some unhealthy political agenda that's just going to be divisive, Jesus, the love of Jesus unifies around him. He said, if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn to him. My persuasion politically is not going to bring people to Jesus. My humble, broken heart and pure love, pure love is going to bring people to our pure savior. He said, the pure in heart shall see God. And so Pure love points people to God. And then the Holy Spirit and the Father draws them to himself. And we're just brokers for Jesus. We're love brokers. And the commissions are out of this world. <laughs> Gosh, the words you're both are, are speaking are... Um... They're just, I don't know how else to say it, is they're, they're literally coming from the heart of Jesus. And um, so thank you. Thank you so much. I wanted to thank you, Larry. You, you took a lot of time to read through the manuscript of the book, The Spiritual Life of a Leader, which was so meaningful that you took the time to read that manuscript. And then you were so prayerful about the words you wrote in the foreword of the book that if our listeners just read the forward of the book, I think it would be worth the book uh, or just take a picture of it with their camera or whatever. But um, I felt God's pleasure more than any other book. Um, right. I, I, able to take two passions around leadership and we're all leaders at some level, you know, we're leading at home, we're leading ourselves. 
we're leading at work, we're leading in the neighborhoods or whatever, our families. And so taking the passion of leadership and looking at the lens of love through Jesus and how he led, and then the passion of spiritual formation. So I was able to combine those in this, this book. And there's interviews of Stormy O'Martinton. You know, she's kind of the diva of prayer. I mean, she's amazing. And so the manuscript of a podcast I had with her is in the book. And then Ken Boa, kind of the academic approach to prayer. There's a podcast interviews transcript with him and then Crawford Loritz more from a pastoral perspective on prayer. Uh, and those are very rich. Um, so anyway, people can pre-order that at 50% off at christianbook.com and which, which is really helps us as we're getting ready to launch the book, uh, August 10th. But, but I did want to mention that and thank you, Larry, for being an integral part of that that book. I think your forward actually set the table mm -hmm. for people to enjoy that. And, and, and some of the things we talked talked about today are in the book, kind of the lifestyle of a spiritual walk with the Lord, and then kind of the fruits of the nine fruits of the spirit for each chapter on each of the fruits. And then some of those uh, spiritual formations around silence and solitude. And um, I, th I think it'll be very practical and and, and helpful. Uh, so thank you. And could you repeat the name of the book and where people could buy it for us? Yes, it's the spiritual life of a leader. And it's, it's just really about being empowered by the Holy Spirit in our life, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? And living out that overflow of love. And christianbook.com currently has a 50% off for the pre-order, which is really a good, a good deal. And then Amazon has it. And then it should be coming out in some of the choice book racks, you know, some of the grocery stores and airports, et cetera. So it's great. Thank you. At this point in the podcast, we're going to be led in a prayer by Boyd and Rita. We've added some silence between their words. Our invitation to you is to just sit and be as we are led in this prayer. Lord, uh, as we think about the beautiful story of your miracle of caring for the needs of others, I'll ask our listeners, as you think about that, beautiful expression of love, where do you find yourself? Is it maybe as a doubtful disciple or is it, a, is it someone hungry to be fed by Jesus? Is it, is it feeling the need for prayer as Jesus did after the occasion? Maybe you're exhausted. Whatever point in life you find yourself right now, I just want to encourage our listeners to, to release that to your Heavenly Father and your loving Savior and your wise Holy Spirit and just, just release it to them. If it's a burden, if it's a fear, if it's an insecurity, if it's a pain. And then just receive the the precious, unfailing, infinite love of your heavenly father. Just receive that love into your heart to bear that burden and to, for, to forgive and to heal and to do a work of grace. And, and thank him for his, his precious love and, and trust him. I find myself as the disciples thinking about all I have is two fish and five loaves. What good is that? That's not going to be enough. Just not going to be enough. So as we bring whatever it is we have 
not enough as it is in our view and just put that before Jesus. And he does the rest. So Lord, we, we just turn and face you with our hands open wide with what little we have and just trust that you'll use it for your glory, for your honor. Just trusting that, that you will use it. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I think you, you too, um, or the Holy Spirit through you too, just brought us to that place of no words. It's a wonderful place. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Thin Space Podcast. And thank you, Boyd and Rita, for sharing your story with us today. This podcast is made possible because of generous donors. If you'd like to support the work of the Thin Space Podcast with a tax-deductible donation, you can do so on our website, cloudwalk.org give. If you are unable to support financially, you can support us in prayer and by leaving a comment and review on Apple Podcasts. Your review goes a long way in helping us reach new people with the love of God. May the Lord be with you.